to this part. I'm going to edit right out because it's already recording. Oh, oh. Courtney, we have more guests today. Yes. So today we have three guests. They are from Marysville, Ohio. Awesome. Can you introduce yourselves? Yeah. Diane Mankins. I'm the superintendent of Marysville. I'm Ashley Thompson. I'm a personalized learning coordinator at Marysville and a principal. And I'm Heather McLaughlin, personalized learning coordinator. Welcome. So, yeah. Well, so okay, what does that mean to be a personalized learning coordinator? It means a lot of things, but basically <laughs> we are in the middle of a transformation at Marysville where we're taking like traditional practices and, and transforming teaching and learning to be more aligned with personalized learning tenants. And so we work together to um, build capacity in our leadership, um, develop teachers so that they're supported um, on their journey to change their practice, and then we try to get in as many buildings as we can, as often as we can. Awesome. Yep. Busy job. Yeah. Yeah. So where is the district in their transformation journey? Well, I would say um, we, we've been headed in this direction for quite some time, but maybe yeah. didn't put a name to it. Uh-huh. Uh, we kind of made some changes structurally uh, with coaching and tried to build some uh, support, some resources in the buildings first, and then started on the journey probably a couple years ago. Um, we really took kind of a different approach. We felt like starting with things like student-centered practices were kind of low-hanging fruit where we could onboard people and create some excitement before we kind of really got into mastery and grading and challenging those core concepts. So um, that's where we are now is that challenge. So we've done a couple years of um, really talking about what is good instruction look like, what does student-centered practice look like, how do you put students at the core of that instruction, and now we're moving into the other side with grading practices and mastery. So what are your, some of your biggest uh, successes that you think you've had in the last year or so, let's say? Because you, you've been doing this for a bit. That you said I like how you said you didn't really put a name to it beforehand, mm -hmm. and now it's just something you kind of continually get better at but what's one of like one of the big successes that we've had in the past year in your district I would say um, from a from a data collection standpoint um, one of the things I'm passionate about is hope and we're engaged in the the Gallup hope survey and our hope indicators are certainly shifting uh, in hot in, in the right ways to, to higher levels uh, and not only our elementaries, which were already kind of high, but we're starting to make some strides at the middle school and high school, which is pretty important. Um, we've, we always scored pretty high in those management expectations side of those indicators, but where we've really started to push the needle is around engagement and belonging. And um, so, awesome. yeah, that, that's, that's pretty great. exciting. Especially for middle middle and high, especially for middle school, I feel like if you right. can move that needle in middle school, that's that's impressive. Well, we're not unlike any other district right. in the nation where it tanks it off tanks. at middle yes, school. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, certainly, we're seeing some great indicators, um, and and we just uh, issued the survey for the first time this year, and have already seen some significant changes. So we're pretty proud of that. So I'm curious. I've heard. So when I when I talk to districts about moving to personalized learning, it seems districts even uh, kind of take one or, one of two paths. Like they start with the learner-centered practices and then come to the point where they're like, we need competencies now or we need, we need targets now. Or a district starts with the targets and then comes to a point where they're like, okay, now we really need to work on this learner-centered. So your district took the path of starting with the learner-centered. So what has been your experience with introducing the competencies? Did people want them? Were they ready for it? Talk, talk about how that went. 
I, I would say, I'm taking up all the conversation, but I would say, um, so monthly I go to every building just to talk and people come, can come if they want and, and not show up. Yeah. But what teachers started saying to me is, look, now that we're doing this and we have menu boards for kids, our grading has to look different. Mm. And I'm like, oh, beautiful. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And and which was aligned to the work and the journey we were we're headed on anyway so uh, there's some that probably still don't want to have that conversation but sure. at large there people were starting this to recognize the fact that now that this looks different you know we have to assess and, and um, look at kids differently on that that scale that's great so I, would, I would add on to that I think identifying the targets through building the continua gives the trailblazers something to latch on to as their mm-hmm. next thing to do what they're to put to practice what they're doing well and I think that starts to generate student outcomes that you can't argue with. So then that presses, that puts some pressure on people or, or you know, incites some curiosities in, in others who maybe were more reluctant to say, oh, what are you doing and how are you doing that? So the I think developing the targets gives everybody sort of alignment and that next level of support to do, um, to do the, the next major shift at the classroom level. And... Um, so I think it's a unifying experience, even if it's not wanted right away. And I think some, those who are reluctant are just scared because they don't know what that means for them. You know, right. it's change. Sure. Yeah, so. so what are the some of the, the things you're hearing from teachers about the grading practices change? And, and what, what are you hearing like on the ground? Is it, is it something they're looking for or, or something they're just trying to work through? The, this is clearly going to be an understanding something needs to change is, is what I'm gathering from you. But what are you hearing from the teachers? How, how uh, available are they to, to really have those conversations? What, what are you hearing? I think Heather has an, maybe an elementary answer and then I'll answer for like the upper grades. Yeah, okay. I would say our elementary folks are, you know, our focus this year is heading into mastery. What does mastery mean? It means multiple attempts for kids. It means allowable demonstration for learning. It means, you know tier one systematic supports when they engage in the not yet cycle of learning and so our teachers are are wrapping their minds around that and they're saying you know we've identified critical learning targets we've unpacked the standards with kids I think this child has mastery of this standard we're still building the progressions right now so we don't have that part built out but you know how do I report a mastery like do I do I put an A in the grade book do I is it 80 percent like I don't know I'm, I'm teaching and operating in a mastery framework, but I don't know, like, how to translate the grade. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so there, that's kind of the struggle right now. And we're working through that at the district level, but we're in this state of kind of, like, limbo yeah. a little bit, you know. So our grade card and that kind of thing hasn't changed yet, and I think Heather hit the nail on the head for the upper grade teachers. They, I think they feel ready to know what the translation is exactly. Right. Um, but they're... Uh, the great thing is those who are, you know, kind of um, catching on to the work and trailblazing in the work are using mastery language during learning. So then that final reporting is based on a translation, which we have to work out right now. Okay. Um, so I think more high school people are um, needing, like, how does this look at the transcript level? How right. does this look at the grade? Yeah. Level? Sure. So. Yeah, the questions are a little different sure. at the high school level because of the transcript. That's right. always the, the kind of the bugaboo, right? It's, it it it's means more, mm-hmm. sort of, because mm-hmm. there's actual, it, it goes somewhere. Yes. It's not just a, like an internal part of and finding out where kids are. Yeah, and it needs to be understood by those entities that are reading it. Yeah. Right? So. 
Yeah. So that so those seems like a, a, not just a little thing to do this year, but that seems like a giant thing to do this year. <laughs> it's a heavy lift. I think we knew going into this year it would be our heaviest. Sure. Sure. So, something we ask every single guest that comes on our show is what is your biggest do-do for personalized learning? So, you can each have your own, or you maybe you have a collective. But so, when you say do-do, yeah. like the don't-do and the, the do-do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. If you have don't-dos, you can throw those out too, but definitely the sharing do-dos. the do-dos. Yeah. I think my do-do, my advice to teachers would be um, if you wait to have all the answers and you wait for this like, now I know how to do it, it'll never happen. I think you have to make an informed, responsible, but somewhat risky choice to just embark into the work. But if you're always waiting, you'll never get there. And so I think my my do-do advice would be just to take action, even if it's imperfect action yeah. make sure it's an informed decision but do something yeah. I think my do-do is just um, creating language that can be understood by all mm. so you know research you know what is personalized learning identify what that means for your district and brand the language so that everybody knows when I say this word this is what I mean because acronyms happen and competing definitions happen and then it breeds confusion so like take the time to put people in front of that so the message is clear um, and then the the words aren't stopping the movement like the how is you know? right so right right yep I would think mine would be from a superintendent's perspective to lead bravely mm. um, I think that there's all kinds of opportunities to be swayed in different directions and and give in and, and lose your place in the journey, but to continue to lead bravely and keep kids at the heart of your decision. I mean, we know the direction we're headed is the best for kids. Yeah. Um, the pushback was lately, college, college doesn't do this. Well, we're not a farm team for a college. We don't have to look <laughs> just like them. You know, we can, the most important thing we can do for kids is make sure they learn. Yes. And competency-based is a way in which we do that. Thank you so much for coming by. Absolutely. It was so great to talk to you. Have a fabulous rest of your day at Iron Golf. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.